everyone. Welcome to the LGBTQ plus STEM cast. I'm Annabelle Gong, and I'm here with the founder and amazing other co-host, Felix. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, firstly, I want to thank everybody for all the attention given to this project. Um, I did not expect it to be this big, and it's been a journey. I've enjoyed it so much, and I want to also thank Annabelle for offering her support on this whole pro project. I, as I said, I did not think I was going to get this much attention. It's been an amazing journey, and I'm so glad you are all enjoying the episodes. Yeah, we can't thank you enough for your support and just all of the interest we have in people wanting to be on this podcast. It's been overwhelmingly so fun. I, I completely agree. Um, it's been crazy to see the amount of support we've gotten on this project and I also want to thank the audience that has filled out our form because you know this project would not be possible without people be, being willing to share their stories being an LGBTQ scientist so thank you to everybody that's filled out our form you can if you're interested in filling out the form to be a potential guest you should check out our twitter at LGBTQ stemcast and our pinned tweet we have the form so you can check it out there yeah and so, Felix, uh, I kind of jumped in on this uh, podcast kind of randomly, but you've had this vision for quite some time now. Do you want to explain your uh, inspiration behind starting this podcast? Yeah, sure. I decided to start this when I was you know, scrolling through Twitter and I saw a few podcasts similar to this. And I think it was like women in STEM and um, people of color in STEM. And it's been some of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to, you know, being able to hear people's experiences. I'm just an undergraduate student, just dipping my toes right now in the STEM world. I saw kind of that need for an LGBTQ oriented podcast. So I started the planning. I planned a lot of it like on my head but I was kind of afraid to post it at first. But one day, I, out of nowhere, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start this project and just go with the flow and see if it works. So I made the first tweet. And I remember I didn't even do a form. I was just like, if you're interested in being in this project, being a potential guest for an LGBTQ-oriented STEM podcast, you should just send me a message and we can talk and see how we can plan this. Um, it immediately got a, like a lot of retweets and I got over like 30 DMs in the spawn of like five minutes. So I kind of got overwhelmed. So I decided to start the form and it's been like an amazing journey since. I remember the first day only I got like 40 people interested. So it was kind of a lot of work for myself just to deal with everything because I was doing the planning, script writing, messaging everybody, having the pre-recording meetings as well as recording and editing, posting um promoting it i've been i was doing everything by myself until i actually had my first meeting with annabelle and they actually offered their support which i was kind of hesitant to take at first because i really didn't want you know to put the pressure on anybody else but they actually insisted and they were very like excited for it so i want to thank you annabelle because you've lifted that weight out of my shoulders to working on this alone and it's been great having you how have you enjoyed like the experience so far Oh my gosh, it's just been so much fun. I can totally see why you wanted to start a podcast. Fun fact, I've never actually listened to a podcast before, so I'm kind of just like going in really blindly <laughs> and just 
uh, talking and scripting how I think a podcast should be like. So if anyone has any podcast recommendations, I will definitely take them and uh, listen to some podcasts. Um, but yeah, when I first heard about this project, I was so excited. I had just, I mean, I started my master's um, this summer and I was really excited to get into some more like outreach stuff because I'd done some outreach in undergrad, but it was more based in my university. And um, so when I saw this going around on Twitter, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And I had no clue like who you were or anything. And when we had our, our pre-meeting, you had told me how much work it was. And I was like, you know, I have, I have experience with audio editing and storytelling. Storytelling is something that I do pretty, um, I do a lot in my, at my university. And so I was like, you know, this might be something that I'm interested in helping you in. And here we are running a, a podcast together. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, we follow each other on Twitter. I really didn't realize until the, our pre-reporting meeting when I was like, oh, you, you should, you know, message me on my personal account. And that's when we realized we followed each other. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a fun, like, that was one of my best, like, pre-reporting meetings. So you said you started your master's this summer. How has that been? Oh, it's been really, really fun. Um, the weather is great down here in San Diego right now. We're going through kind of a heat wave all across the West Coast. Um, and so I study the aggregation um, behavior of these leopard sharks down in San Diego. And so I do that by not using any sort of tracking device, but I fly drones around <laughs> and take footage from this from up above and um, track these sharks just swimming around they're super cute um, and it's been so fun just like watching them from my little screen <laughs> and I know it's going to be a lot of analyzing afterwards but right now it's pretty fun um, yeah and the yeah I've seen some of the footage you posted yeah that's that's one of the best parts yeah that's one of the best parts about um about this sort of research that i do is that i get a lot of video footage and a lot of picture footage which makes for really easy outreach because i already have all that stuff there that i can just upload and post and so it's been really really fun especially during shark week everyone's super excited about about sharks <laughs> And so you just had your your first day of field work too uh, recently. How was that? I was extremely nervous. I never done any kind of field work before. Um, last Saturday, actually, I went with my PI. We were gonna get some samples of some orchids we're gonna be studying. Um, I was very nervous. As I said, I've never done field work before. That was my first actual experience. And it was me, my PI, and two of my lab mates. I go to an, an undergraduate-only institution, so we're all undergraduates, you know, trying to, you know, learn about the research world and stuff. So we were all just in a very open mood to learn and explore new subjects. I remember when I actually first joined my wildlife management program in Puerto Rico, I said I was not going to go to any forest. I was not going to do any field work because I thought it was way too hot out here to be doing, like, field work. 
but you know i ended up having to go do it but now i think i've mentioned it to you before i'm so excited to go back i really want to go already we're going back next sunday and like what i've enjoyed most about it is being able to experience the nature that puerto rico has i live in a city in puerto rico so i don't have like that exposure to nature that often so going to that forest for the first time like basically opened my eyes to the amazing like country that i live in right now so i'm very excited um science is such a fun thing to do i did not really expect me to like be doing field work like i am i mostly wanted to do data analysis like analysis but i ended up doing field work as well so now i'm more torn in what i want to do in that sense but i've enjoyed it a lot yeah and i think that's one of the best things about field work is that you get to explore like really strange different places in your like like in your area that you wouldn't have before and you get to like learn about all of these like little hiding spots that have like so much life in them that's what i really like about field work i completely agree and you know being in puerto rico puerto rico has so much to offer but since i was i'm like more of a city boy let's just say that i never really experienced it experience that but now i'm so excited to keep going to different places i already i'm constantly bothering my pi where are we gonna go after (laughs) the next one like where is the next one like after that one and when are we gonna go again you know i'm so excited about it and it's been an amazing journey um as i said i'm studying plants which is not also what i thought i was going to be doing i always thought i was going to be studying animals but as I said, I go to an undergraduate only institution. So finding research experience was kind of already hard enough to like be picky about what I find. <laughs> so I found this particular PI who he does some very interesting work with orchids. So I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. I started reading some research paper that he sent me the first after the first meeting we had. And I completely fell in love with the, you know, plant ecology field. <laughs> so that's something I'm very interested in right now. You know, I'm still interested in behavioral ecology, which is of my main interest right now but you know i've also kept my doors open as i said i'm just a sophomore this like i'm sorry i started my sophomore year last week actually so it's been a crazy journey learning about science and how everything takes so much time i did not expect everything to take this much time um but yeah super difficult but super enjoyable yeah i mean it's just so amazing that you started this podcast as like basically a freshman going into a sophomore and that you're doing like all this research and field work so early in your undergraduate career because i know that a lot of people either don't get that opportunity or don't know about that opportunity those kinds of opportunities and so it's just so amazing that you're getting such a great head start on your on your science career (laughs) actually i kind of started doing that because as i said i go to an undergraduate only institution in puerto rico i I graduated high school in Houston, Texas, but I really didn't have the financial stability to be able to go to an US, a mainland US institution. Um, so I decided to, you know, take back my things and go back to Puerto Rico to get my undergraduate degree. Since, you know, basically, let's just say it's free college. It's a lot more like in depth than that, but especially free college, I don't have student loans and don't pay anything out of pocket, basically. But, um, I also felt that I was behind some of my peers that graduated with me from high school because they were in big institutions with a lot of like research opportunities, you know, funding for undergraduates, like 
some amazing mentors. I don't have that. I basically have, you know, what the professors from that specific institution know. And a lot of them have rarely gotten some students from like a uh, Puerto Rican institution directly to a PhD program, which is my plan as of right now. I really want to go to a, directly to a PhD program. So I've been, I had to, you know, do my own research, like outside of my, you know, school, so I could figure out what I needed to do to prepare myself to be as competitive as the mainland US applicant, because I know it's a lot of like experiences that you need. And there's also some hidden rules that a lot of people don't tell you that like that you don't know unless you know people there about the application process. An example in the ecology evolutionary biology field, when you're applying for a PhD program, you should contact the, uh, any advice you want to work with before applying, you know, to that, to that lab. And I didn't know about that until I read it on Google and not even my PI knew about that. Like he was like, oh, you just apply, you know, kind of stuff like that was what motivated me to start doing things early on, you know, learning the uh, the R statistical software. You know, it's been also a crazy journey learning that because, you know, I, I guess, you know, that, you know, R is not easy and it's been a crazy journey. I'm also very thankful for the Twitter community. I joined Science Twitter just because one of my friends and my mentors, she told me to, you know, give it a shot and see if I could get some good, you know, advice from there, particularly from my field. Since a lot of people in Puerto Rico are mo mostly interested in the medical field, you know, they can give you good advice on that, but not on any other science field. So I joined Science Twitter. I found some amazing people that have basically mentored my way and how I'm doing things right now. But Right now I'm doing all the things I'm doing because I mostly enjoy them, not because I'm doing a checklist mentality with what was, like I started with that. I started having like a checklist. Okay, so I have to do research, I have to do this, I have to do that. Now I'm mostly doing things because I enjoy it. I enjoy doing research. I enjoy having this podcast, but it, it's also always in the back of my mind that I need to be ahead of everybody else just to basically stay on par with everybody else. That's how my mind works about that situation. Well, it looks like you, have you're really competitive and you're doing such a great job so i affirm you thank you <laughs> so how has your like research gone so far like your experience of doing research oh my gosh it's just been so amazing i love it down here in san diego really so um a little bit about my undergrad journey i guess i started usd back in 2016 um, my family accidentally toured USD, University of San Diego, because my mom booked a University of San Diego tour when we were supposed to tour UC San Diego. And I was like, I didn't want to apply to the school mom. And she's like, oh, well, I booked the tour. And then we toured it. And it's just like so gorgeous. And I ended up going here um, and didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew I wanted to go into marine sciences in some shape or form and I really liked sharks um, but really knew nothing about the department my first year so I definitely was a little bit more lost than you were <laughs> on my in my first couple of years of undergrad but luckily I had this amazing RA who's now one of my closest friends here in San Diego um, she was in the department for marine sciences here and she basically just led me into the department and showed me the way and it's yeah it's just been amazing from 
from that point on, I've had some opportunities to do research, not only independently, but like in my classes too, we do a lot of field work for labs and a lot of the other STEM departments get really jealous of us um, <laughs> going out all the time. And I uh, kind of stumbled upon my, my now ad master's advisor, Dr. Nozel. He was one of my lab teachers my second year and everyone knew that he studied sharks. He was the shark guy at our school. And I was like, oh, shark man, I wanna study with you. And it kind of, it, that's kind of, everything kind of fell into place those next couple of years. I did research with him um, my junior year going into my senior year, um, studying the same thing that I'm doing now. I, that was my undergraduate project and now I'm expanding on that uh, to make my master's thesis and it's just been so amazing and I am so thankful for all my supportive faculty members here who really took care of me while I was going through my four years of undergrad and now I get to hang out with them for a couple more years too. <laughs> That's amazing. California looks like such a like a fun place to be. It's one of the places I want to visit so I'm very excited to you know one day be able to visit California and some of my you know let's just say potential graduate programs that I'm planning on like applying to when the time comes is a lot of them are in California but it's such an amazing state that I've always wanted to visit. Never had the chance to, but you know, I think everybody at some point is like, I want to visit LA, I want to visit San Diego, I want to visit, you know, everybody wants to visit California at some point. Nobody can lie about it. But your your project is amazing. You know, I think I told you about how my best friend like loves sharks and she's always like asking me about your particular project. I think she actually followed you on Twitter because she saw you from the, you know, the podcast situation. And I remember when she saw your, you know, your footage, she was like, oh my God, she actually studied sharks. Like she actually studied sharks. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. And whenever actually you mentioned it to me for the first time, I was like, whoa, so they studied sharks, you know, like that's, you know, that's amazing. So it's like something that you really don't see often, particularly here in Puerto Rico, because, you know, as I said, we have very limited research opportunities. We can study like frogs and stuff if we want, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> no offense to our frog fans, but not my cup of tea, but you know, I'm so glad you actually love your project. That's very important as well. Loving what you do. Oh yeah. And it's just, yeah. The only thing about it is that drone technology and tracking technology with using drones is so it's kind of a newer field. So there's not a lot about it and that makes it 10 times more fun, but also 10 times harder because I have to like figure it out myself. But that's kind of the point of research, I guess. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I always tell my friends when they're like, why, why do you want to do research? Because as I said, a lot of my friends want to go to like medical fields or more traditional science fields, maybe like PAs, like dentistry, stuff like that. When I tell them I want to do research specifically in ecology, they're like, well, why? I'm like, I want to, you know, discover new things like, you know, like, I think that's what excites me the most about research, being able to basically uncover things that nobody else has uncovered yet. And that's what keeps me motivated on the research track that I'm on right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm, it's just so awesome that you've been able to like realize how much you love research at such a, such a, an early part of your career. 
because I know that. I call myself a baby <laughs> researcher. You're just baby. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's such a fun, like, experience. I remember the first time I walked into, you know, my particular research lab, not just as an, like, for an interview, like, actually, you know, using my microscope for the first time. I was so excited about just that particular, like, the fact that that was my microscope for my research, you know, excited me, like, a lot. And, you know, I've been, I've, like, I've gone out of my way to learn new skills that I can, you know, apply to some research projects. As I said, I've been, you know, trying to learn the artificial software. By myself, I bought a bunch of books. Um, thankfully, my PI is, like, one of the best in R and R institution. So he's also been, like, kind of giving me the, like, the ropes of how to do everything. But I've also been learning to network and scientific writing. That's also some stuff that I've been learning on my own through online courses or just books. I've never read as many books as I've written, like, as I, if I read since I started doing research. Not even for, like, my classes. And speaking about classes, which classes are you taking this semester? Because I know you mentioned that there were, like, very exciting classes, courses. Hold on. A lot of my undergrad courses actually double count into my grad courses because I'm doing a joint um, bachelor's master's program um, but this semester I'm taking a GIS course and for those of you who don't know what GIS is it's basically mapping and spatial data and it's a program that allows you to spatially analyze data um, that way and so that'll be really good for my um, for my research because my research is all kind of spatially based it's not really I don't use bar graphs too often so it makes it just 10 times harder because I feel like we all learn about bar graphs but then we never learn how to like spatially figure things out relative to maps and stuff so I'm really excited for that class but you know it's it's all remote so that'll be interesting um I have yet to start school so we'll see what happens and then I'm taking a um I'm taking a grad seminar course with um, one of my favorite professors in the department. He's our grad director. He's amazing. Love him. Um, and basically teaches us how to be a grad student, I guess. So we'll see. We'll see. Grad student 101. Um, yeah. What classes are you taking? <laughs> that all sounds amazing. Um, I'm taking um, botany and zoology, both with the lab. I'm also thinking about biometry, which is kind of like biostatistics and R, you know, programming. Um, it's kind of an advanced course that my PI is teaching this semester. It's a class for only like 15 students at a time. Um, it's kind of my favorite classes right now because I know it's going to be really useful for the future. So I'm very excited about that one. Kind of sad that it's, as I said to you before, the labs are remote, so I'm not really doing any lab work. But for my botany class, for my botany lab, I'm sorry, we're going to have to do like our own <laughs> kind of garden at our house kind of thing. So I'm very excited for that. I'm going to be a plant dad. So I'm really excited. I'm going to have like my little plants. I already planted them. I'm going to show you like later. But so like exciting to actually start taking like some courses that I'm really excited about. Because my, you know, my first year was like general biology one and two, chemistry one, pre-college one and two, Spanish, English, all that stuff. But now I'm actually taking courses that I'm really excited about. I actually didn't take ecology this semester because I really didn't want to take it like remotely. So I kind of was like, I'll take it next semester. And I kind of pushed some classes like biometry to this semester. But, you know, 
so far, I started last week, so we're already doing some basic material in zoology and botany. Those are amazing classes. Let me tell you how excited I am for those two classes. Like, and I, like my professors, um, one of them is like one of the top ornithologists in like the Caribbean. So it's been like a journey being, being like, hearing him talk about birds. I, I'm a, a bird guy, you know, I, I know you prefer probably fish, but I'm kind of a, a bird guy myself. So it's been like a journey being able to hear him like talk about how his research has impacted him. And that's also very important to me, being able to like hear the experience of other scientists and how can I apply that to myself and be a better scientist myself. That's also why I started this podcast to be able to you know, express my concerns about the LGBT community with other LGBT scientists and kind of figure out like, how do they think we can better the community for everybody? Because personally, I have some experiences with some people have said, oh, you're, you know, you have the pride sign in your bio, that's not professional enough. And that was kind of like hard for me to like, at first I was thinking about quitting my program, like my um, wildlife management program. I was gonna go to like business or something. I don't know what I was gonna do, but I was about to like quit. I could not see myself in business. Let me tell you that. I could not see myself like, no. But that really like kind of affected me a little bit. I was like, am I really not professional enough? Like I'm not really gonna make it. But then I kind of met like some of my mentors, Janidis. She's probably gonna be listening to this episode. So shout out to Janidis, my friend. She kind of like kept me going through like this whole science journey because I remember she said, you have such a, like a huge amount of potential as a scientist. And I really don't want it to like go to waste, you know, and do changing majors to something else like business. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Me in business, ma'am, no. But um, I also kind of, at one point, figured out for myself that if I really want to do science, I can do it even if I'm like queer or whatever I am, I can do science because that science is not my identity. It's just something, you know, it's a job and something I enjoy, but it should not, you know, affect me from being myself just, you know, to get into a specific career. And that's kind of what was my inspiration to start this project as a whole. And I've also done some other LGBTQ outreach. I did a talk with one of my student organizations about um, LGBTQ representation in media, like movies, songs, all that stuff. And that was my first like experience talking about the LGBTQ community like as a whole in public. And after that, I decided to start this project. Um, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's so awesome. And yeah, I totally agree with you that you know our identities don't shouldn't affect our career, and we should be like authentically who we are because. You know, how can we be like, how can we work and research to our full potential if we have this like baggage of like not wanting to be who we are on our shoulders. And so I'm so happy that we found this community on Twitter and started this podcast to foster even more community within the STEM community um, of all of these wonderful LGBTQ plus people. Can we talk a little bit about how, how, how has it been to like be able to, you know, hear everybody's stories because we talk of the scientists from various different fields. I, I've talked to like people from physics, chemistry, you know, even psychology, like fields that I really didn't think as much about in like my mind, but you know, their experiences have been like something that really has um, made me think about how lucky I am that my field may be more accepting than other STEM fields. So that's also something that I kind of want to focus on changing now that I know about the problem 
And that's that's also another thing important about this podcast because a lot of the you know a lot of people think particularly about their field only and they don't see STEM as a whole. Maybe their particular field is more accepting than others. Let me just give an example from what I've heard particularly. Um, physics and math are not a very, you know, accepting and like progressive field compared to maybe ecology, which is the field that I'm in. You know, I, I saw a tweet that said <laughs> yeah. ecology is the gay science or something like that. And that's to, that's to show how it can vary from person to person, but it can also vary from field to field because, you know, I'm very grateful, as I said, that I'm an ecologist and ecology is very <laughs> like progressive and open. But I've heard some horrible experience from like scientists on physics and stuff, which is something that I personally want to change and to focus my attention on it going forward. Yeah, definitely. And even at my school, um, I run a, or I used to, well, I guess I still currently run it. <laughs> I run a, an, a club called Queer Students and Allies in STEM or QSTEM. And so I was the president last year and the semester before that, when we founded it, um, I was the vice president. And I noticed at our meetings, it was mainly, at least when I was president, it was mainly life science people mostly people within my department. I don't know if that's because they just really like me and decided to show up for the free food or <laughs> because well, uh, we, you know, science, or some other reason. We, we scientists <laughs> love free food. We really can't deny it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that's also something we can like talk about from specifically looking at our form for the LGBTQ STEM cast. A lot of the, you know, submissions are from life science. Yeah, majors. definitely. Specifically, a lot of them are from ecology. And I, maybe it's because I'm an ecologist, you know, you're an ecologist. So maybe that's kind of why we got a lot of like responses from ecologists, but that's something we can also like look into more, yeah. I believe. Why do we like ecology so much? Queer people answer, answer us now. <laughs> exactly. Leave it in the comments somewhere. Tweet us at LGBTQ STEM cast. Let us know. Yeah. But it's so funny how actually there's a lot of queer ecologists. Yeah, there are so many. I mean, maybe that's why I actually ended up liking ecology because, you know, actually I joined on microbiology at first. I ended up switching completely to ecology <laughs> like my first semester. Like, honestly, I took biology one when we started talking about like, I don't know, like cell stuff. I was like, this ain't for me. Gotta go. Oh, same. I, yeah, anything that I can't like see with my eyes, I'm like, I don't understand it. <laughs> Sorry to all the cell bio people out there, all the chemists out there. Oh, chemistry is a whole different story. You know, I actually, let me tell you like a little anecdote right here, because I dropped that, I dropped like my first chemistry class, because I failed the first test so badly. I got like a 40 something on that first chemistry test. I was not prepared oh for goodness. that. But I actually retook it like last semester. I did amazing. I got an A. I was so surprised. I got like an A. I was oh, so okay. That. You know, maybe I should switch to chemistry after all. <laughs> but like such a different field completely. Like even if it's like biology, when we talk about like microbiology, like ecology, zoology, I did not expect it to be like that you know that much of a difference but in the same way how everything like interacts and you know you can see the applications of each field like let's say microbial like ecology or something like that whatever it's called you know you can see like the applications of everything and that's what i really like about the sciences that everything like interacts with each other you really can't be a scientist and not like know at least a little bit about the rest of the science but that's something i really enjoy yeah i agree like 
so many there's so many different intersections of stem it's hard to it's hard not to be interested in all of it if you're interested in one part of it and that's what i love about this podcast is that i've been able to learn so much from different scientists i've interviewed so far like three different people of three very different um fields that i'm in from from what i'm in so it's just been so interesting learning about people's research like yos episode was all about these these exploding stars these supernovae and i was like wow this is incredible (laughs) yeah and yeah it was i was so excited to learn about these new things and such like such a unique way too because these are people who share the same aspects of your identity as you you know and it just makes it so much more so like connected yeah I feel so much more connected to them i also feel very like excited when i see somebody who's studying something i'm particularly interested in when they fill out the form i'm like oh my god i remember i think i reached out to an astrobiologist which is a field that i'm very interested in just learning about i cannot study it no but i'm very interested <laughs> about learning in it and i remember when i saw the first astrobiologist fill out the form i got way too excited and it was something you know so kind of like made the conversation feel more natural knowing that they share a part of your identity and they you know can relate to some of your experiences in one way or another as a queer scientist and it's something i'm very grateful for to everybody that you know fill out the form and you know they have shared their experiences with me or with you and it's been like such an experience also hearing from i've personally have some people that have you know dm me in my personal account or the twitter account saying that they don't feel safe maybe coming out as right now in their you know particular lab and stuff but they get really excited you know listening to the episodes and seeing how accepting some of the fields are and how they can be queer and like still be a scientist and consider professional and that's kind of what keeps me motivated on going with this project because I think I mentioned it to you, it's very hard. And I think now you can understand why I said it's really hard finding every episode, recording, editing, um, then publishing. It's something that takes a lot of time. It also requires a lot of attention to detail when it comes to the editing, as well as script writing, which I never done before. It was my first experience writing a script ever. Um, and I'm so grateful that everybody, even though we particularly don't have any podcasting experience, a lot of people show the interest and it's showing the attention of the podcast on social media that we receive we've received a lot of attention on social media as Anna yeah. said before we got like over 100 phone submissions right now so i also want to mention real quick that if you submitted a form we're eventually going to get to you you know it's just two of us doing this whole project but <laughs> i promise we're eventually going to get to you and message you and you know hopefully record an episode but as i said it takes a lot of time you know plan an episode as well as record and edit and we're just we're recording episodes we're publishing them every week so it's kind of hard to keep track of everybody but we're eventually gonna get to you so don't worry yeah don't worry i am just kind of (laughs) to be honest i am just kind of reading through and randomly picking out people at this point because we have so many people of so many different backgrounds of so many different fields i just like can't choose at this point yeah and it's so we hard. want to be able to give a diverse we want to be able to give a diverse um a, div- a diverse 
pool of people every episode. So I'm just kind of picking randomly at this point, but it's just so awesome. Yeah, completely. Particularly to my ecologists, we're going to get to you. We have way too many of you, but eventually we're going to get to you, ecologists. We will. Podcast yeah. is going nowhere. We aren't going anywhere. No, and this is we way will too get much to you fun. eventually. <laughs> we, this is way too much fun to stop doing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, having no podcast experience, it was kind of intimidating going into this. But I mean, like I said, I've had storytelling experience at my university. I run a program called My Story, which is a um, a storytelling event that we do every semester. Um, it was started by a USD alum. Um, and so I kind of had that experience of like helping others tell their stories. And it was kind of the same in the, in the podcast. I actually told my coming out story um, for freshman orientation a couple times now, I guess. So it'll be, it'll be like three times now this year. Um, but that was always a fulfilling experience because, you know, coming from a, from a religious institution, a Catholic college, um, LGBTQ plus identities aren't so much talked about, just like in the STEM fields. And so it's always fulfilling to hear like LGBTQ plus students coming up to me afterwards and being like, I really needed to hear that today. I didn't really know that like. I wasn't really sure about this school, but I feel safer knowing that you're here and that there are people talking about their identities on this campus. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing that we're doing here on the STEMcast. And it's just so, it's just so rewarding for me to like be able to help the, help our communities out and, uh, and foster community within our fields. I completely agree. Uh, as a Hispanic, I can totally relate to that. You know, LGBT, the LGBT community is not very like discussed in like you know Hispanic countries. You know, they're very like not very progressive. Let's just say that my coming out experience was kind of rough, but you know, eventually it, everything got better. And that's also something I really want to share with this podcast. How it, something might be bad at first, it eventually gets better. I promise. I've gone through it. I've been at that point that you know, every, everybody's like, oh. Did I really make the right decision? You know, maybe I was wrong. You know, but that's something I also want to you know share. And I've also had the, like the opportunity to talk to some fellow queer Hispanic scientists who have like kept me like you know happy and like very excited to what's to come in the future, specifically with my academic career. Uh, so you know, as I said, I want to maybe do a PhD after I graduate from my undergrad. Who knows? Who knows what I'll do. Maybe I'll end up doing communication or something. Who knows? Maybe this podcast was the, the right thing for me. <laughs> we'll never know, but I'm very excited to see where the future takes me in that way. So I'm very grateful for the STEMcast to actually being able to like help me kind of foster my science community and my, you know, even my net, like my network because I really didn't think I was going to be able to meet so many scientists so early in my career. I, you know, I think I think you've seen that we have even some professors from some like big name institutions like sign our form to be like potential guests. I was like, I was not expecting that. I had my first meeting with a potential professor that was going to be a guest in the podcast. They were so you know open and they gave me so much advice as a like a scientist as a like undergraduate looking for a potential grad school in the future. So it's also been great being able to hear from older, more mature. 
queer scientists. They can give their input of, of how everything was back then and how it is now. And it also makes me really excited for the future. Yeah, and those like those older professors are the trailblazers of our LGBTQ plus STEM community. So we're very thankful for them. Really and are. just everything like being so authentic with themselves, especially on this podcast, because you know, we need these stories to be heard and so that we can learn from them and and so that we can yeah, so that we can learn from them. I completely agree. That's why I kind of started this because I really wanted to showcase that. And we have such an amazing talent in the LGBT community. And a lot of the times they just don't get the voice to express it. And that's really what I want to do with this project. Give, you know, LGBT scientists, you know, a voice. And I'm doing this for fun. I've been enjoying every second of it. It's been a lot of work as we talked about, but I don't regret starting this project at all. It's because it consumed most of my summer vacation. I was inside anyways, but it consumed a lot of my summer vacation, the planning, um, you know, setting up like, the podcast, like writing scripts, meeting with the first few people, figuring out how to record. It was such a crazy journey. And then you joined the team. It was it was amazing. So I really want to thank you again for being like, like so enthusiastic about joining this team and all the work you put into this. I'm very grateful for you and I will Oh, I'm, think I'm so grateful for you too, Felix. It's, I mean, I feel like I've just been so, like, it's just been such a rewarding experience being, I, I feel like you did me a service by, by putting me on the team because now I get to meet all these cool people. I get to, like, be friends with you and we get to, like, do this amazing thing that so many people are now, like, it, listening to, like, Sorry, you have to listen to my annoying voice all the time, listeners. <laughs> I can completely relate to that. That was one of my biggest fears when I was starting this project. I was like, will people really like my voice that much to listen? But we have such a like we had such a positive response ever since the beginning. I'm so grateful for everybody. I think the first episode got I think I told you what I got like seventy like plays the first day, I think I when I texted you that. And yeah. it was such like a nerve-wracking experience for me, like releasing that episode out to the public. That's why I scheduled the episodes in the morning, actually, because I was I just wanted to be asleep whenever they came out. I just scheduled tweet something <laughs> and scheduled the episode at six in the morning. And when I wake up, it has a, a few plays. And the, after the first episode came out, like over five different people texted me saying how much they enjoyed the episode, how much they're looking forward to the new episode. Everybody loved your episode with Joss. Everybody loved that episode. I did, all my friends did. It was such a fun episode. I'm very excited to see what else, what else Annabelle brings in the table for us, for the podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my friends are really enjoying it too. And like my family has been listening to it too. They said that it's just been so interesting to learn about like different different things so far. So yeah, and and it's so awesome that we got this like non-scientist community in this too. Yeah, I had some of my business friends, like from my like the business school in my college, actually listening to the podcast, oh. and they're like, "I should have joined STEM, you know? I should have done like biology. There's so <laughs> many interesting things." And I'm like, "Yeah, I told y'all, but y'all don't listen." But I, I've also <laughs> found it so interesting, you know. I've heard from people that I didn't even know existed, like particularly from the forum, and like an example, Jaws like episode was so entertaining and learning about such, like that specific like stars. I was like. My mind was blown completely. Did not think like physics was just a good field. Honestly, I kind of went 
No, physics is always in the back of my mind. Like, no, physics, really? It's so amazing. I'm now, I'm kind of regretting not doing physics. There's so much things there. I know. Like, oh, gosh. Yeah, research is so interesting and so cool. And yeah, it, I mean, like, I'm really scared of space, but this made me, like, kind of, I'm, this is so cool. You want to know something? I'm scared of the ocean. I'm scared of the ocean. Really? Yes. <laughs> you know, I can't swim. I don't know if I ever told you that I, I can't swim. Now the oh, audience knows. Really? The whole audience knows I can't swim. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So if you want to kidnap uh, Felix, you know where to put him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really, and it's something that I don't tell a lot of people. So now the whole audience knows. Surprising. Um, I can't, I'm, Ooh, I'm 19 and I can't swim. That's why I really didn't oh join marine biology. That's, I, I like, I watched Dolphin Tail once, and I really said, I want to be a marine biologist. Then I realized I couldn't swim, so I kind of like left that dream behind, so yeah. It's never too late to learn. It's so and I don't even though. need to be in the water to, to study what I study, so, you know. Well, you know how to swim, and so. That's true. Exactly. I do get seasick, though. That's the worst part about my field, is that I get really seasick, and so... The first time I went on the boat with um, with my advisor, we he was going to go diving for some acoustic tags to, re or some acoustic receivers to retrieve some data from his like own shark tagging, and I was, I was just on the boat to help him out. I didn't take any seasickness medicine, and I like, I was just throwing up off the boat like probably like five times. I must have thrown up. It was. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I've only been on a boat for a cruise, so I don't really think that, you know, that doesn't cause a lot of seasickness, I guess. Um, but I'm very afraid of the ocean. I'm very, very afraid of it, particularly because I don't know what's down there. I can't swim. How am I going to get out? You know, that's kind of the True. way I see it. True. So one of my goals is to learn how to swim. So if anybody wants to give me some advice, you can DM me on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, it's so scary how much we don't know about the ocean because like, I mean, it freaks me out because also, but it's also so fascinating because like, there's so much to discover. Sometimes, yeah, we sometimes take these like sediment samples from like, just like the bottom of like the bay, which is like, I don't know, 10 feet down. And we pick the organisms out of there and there's so much life. There's so much tiny little life living in I'm just like in the mud. It's like thousands of brittle stars and and like amphipods and isopods and all of these pods and <laughs> <laughs> just so much stuff. And like, if you swallow the water, you're probably swallowing a bunch of life too. <laughs> oh. See, that's why I so, don't like. That's why I don't like water. That's why I don't like. Yeah, the ocean. I can see why you're afraid of the ocean. <laughs> some, these are some, you know, exclusive confessions of the LGBTQ STEM cast guys. So. Um, what's yeah. your favorite anima uh, animal, Annabelle? Well, I think that it goes without saying that I really like sharks. <laughs> I like sharks and frogs a lot. I think they're really cool. Um, I don't really know. I get like randomly, yeah, <laughs> I get really randomly attached to different animals. I'm going through a frog phase right now. I bet you um, can guess which, my, yeah, like, but... which is my favorite animal. I bet you can. Hmm. I don't know. You you look like a big cat kind of person, like a tiger or like a yeah. leopard or something. Yeah, tigers are. Wait, really? Yes, I love tigers. <laughs> They're so majestic. Oh my god, am I that? Is it that obvious? 
I guess. <laughs> or maybe I'm just really good at guessing. I don't know. I love tigers. Have you seen Tiger King? No, I haven't. I still have to watch it. <laughs> I feel like that was like so long ago, but it really wasn't. You know, quarantine's been really rough on everybody, but it feels like such a long time ago, but it's because we've all been inside for like so long. Yeah. I finally started <laughs> I finally started Avatar the Last Airbender um like this week. I haven't started. I have oh never gosh. seen it. And now the I, I like now the Twitter community is gonna attack me and unfollow me, but I haven't seen Avatar. Like, oh my gosh, you better get on it then. Yeah, because I was in, yeah, do it. I was in an interview. Um, I don't know if it'll be released um, by the time this comes out. I don't think it will actually. So this is me talking in the future to my past self, which will be released in the future kind of thing. But I told everyone that I hadn't watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I think like either that night or the next day, my friend like <laughs> made me watch it. She like sat me down and and now we're we're watching through it so so i'm very excited to start it because i heard so many how many good things has it been good so far yeah it's been really good um no spoilers though so i won't say anything you know i'll probably but... I'm, I'm probably gonna start watching it after this interview <laughs> I'm probably I'm, I'm just gonna i'm not gonna read any research articles today i'm just gonna watch avatar good one and there's, the episodes are so short they're like 20 minutes so you could you can get through it pretty fast i think my friend like finished it in like a weekend. <laughs> my brother watched it in like three days, I guess. He was so obsessed with it. Like after that, we went to the pool once, and he started saying he was a waterbender. My little brother, he started oh. like pushing the water up. He was so obsessed with that. Oh show. my gosh, that's so adorable. That's all we have for today, folks. So uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to follow. Felix and I on Twitter. Uh, Felix, what's your handle? <laughs> Felix J. Berrios. It's on the, on the LGBTQ. Yeah, you can bottom. follow us uh, by clicking our usernames in the LGBTQ plus STEM cast bio at LGBTQ, ugh, at LGBTQ STEM cast. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Support us on Patreon so that we can keep doing this awesome stuff that we're doing right now. Um, and yeah, we will see you in the next episode of LGBTQ plus STEMcast. Thank you.